an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, would you give light to this text? Would you enable us to not only understand it, but to believe it, to apply it, to live it? We thank you that you have sent your son to inhabit our places, our homes, our lives. I pray that you would change us through him. You would change us through the gospel. Make us to be a people who seek after others to include them in your home, to include them in the hope of Christmas. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine sent an article to me that I had not uh, seen before, although it was by a writer that I really uh, enjoy his writing, William Derisovitz. And he is writing, the article's name is A Jew in the Northwest. And it's very interesting, not so much uh, important that he's Jewish, but that he is a recent immigrant to Portland from the East Coast. And here's what he has to say about us having lived here for a few years. The people here, I found, are like the climate, mild and lacking in extremes. The get-ups are very interesting, the faces rarely. The city often strikes me not so much as Western as Midwestern. It's Mayberry with tattoos. A lot of the young people who flock here and who give the city so much of its look and character originate in places like Minnesota or Missouri. They leave to escape the Jesus and hopelessness at home. And they come because they feel like freaks, and want to find a place where they can wear their hair spiky and put rings in their eyebrows. But they don't realize how much of Minnesota and Missouri they bring along with them. This writer moved from the East Coast as a deliberate choice to live in Portland, to leave behind some very challenging circumstances in academia in the East Coast. And Portland is full of people just like him. Maybe you're like him as well. People leaving something behind, questing for something new, searching for a sense of a place to belong. The ironic thing about this is that many of us have left our homes thousands of miles from home to seek a cure for our homesickness. What about you? Where is home for you? Do you at times feel lost in this world? Is there a sense of cosmic displacement cosmic homesickness that you experience from time to time? Do you feel out of place sometimes even in your own skin and in your own home? Frederick Beekner is a, a theologian and writer, and he tells a story of a Christmas sermon that he heard many years ago. The minister used a common question during the holiday season, are you going home for Christmas? The question moved Beekner because he was longing, he said, deep in his soul to know where home was. Where is home to be found? 
where is the cure for our homesickness in an increasingly fragmented world? Joseph and Mary are probably wondering much the same thing. Can they ever go home again? And will it seem like home when they get there? Will it be anything like the home that they left before having Jesus? Joseph's probably beginning to wonder also, can he even sleep through the night? He keeps being awakened by these angels speaking to him, these very important things. The birth of Jesus is announced to Joseph. Instructions to take Jesus to Egypt to escape Herod's wrath are given to him in a dream. And now, this dream, to return back to Nazareth from Egypt. Their world, Joseph and Mary's world, has been upended. They're called to wander from everything that's familiar, everything that they know about home, wander from their parents, their families, probably from prosperity as well. They're wandering from home because their baby, their firstborn son, has a price on his head. He's a threat to the kingdom. He's a threat to Herod. And so Herod, the monster that he is, will kill every baby in Bethlehem in order to destroy this threat, in order to get to Jesus. So Mary and Joseph are called away from home again, not only to Bethlehem to have the baby, but then to Egypt to escape this price on his head. So they flee to Egypt. Beekner says that this is how he felt. He felt displaced in his life. And he, as he listened to this Christmas sermon, are you going home for Christmas? He has this to say. He says, as soon as he hears the question, he knows the real answer for him. I can almost see the minister with his glasses glittering in the lectern light as he peered out on all those people listening to him in the sanctuary and asked it again, are you going home for Christmas? He asked it in some way, Beekner says, that it brought tears to my eyes and made it almost unnecessary for him to move on to the answer to the question, which was that home, finally, is in the manger in Bethlehem, the place where at midnight even the oxen kneel. What he said was home is where Christ is. Now for Mary and Joseph, this was their only choice. Their only choice was to make their home with Jesus. They would be nomads with their son in tow. He was in danger, and so they fled. Their home would necessarily be wherever Jesus was. But what about you and I this morning? As we're faced with this question of where is home to be found? Where is a cure for homesickness? Where are you going to make your home? What is your decision going to be? Where will your cure be found? Will it be moving to a city that shares your values, that reinforces what you think is true? Will it be in trying to please all of those around you and building your identity on how much people like you and approve of you? Will it be in the relationships that you compile? Or will it be in the gospel story, the gospel story that Christ left his home in order to give you a home. More than just a feeling of warmth, of familiarity, of comfort, much more than that. His answer to why you feel displaced and lonely, sometimes homeless, even with when your home is that your deepest longings, your most critical wants in life can only be met in him, in being reconnected with the person 
the God who made you. He says that the reason is that without him, you are displaced. The reason that you feel homesick from time to time, the reason that you feel homeless is that you are without him. You're living separated from the one relationship that can give you that which you most desperately want and need, the thing that can most make you human again. He leaves home so that you can be brought home. He lives, leaves his place of familiarity, of warmth, of comfort to bring that to you, not just a sense of it, but the reality, the, things, the thing that our desires point to. For the Christian, you must answer the question of where is home to be found by saying home is where Christ is, but also home is where Christ leads you. Joseph was awakened in his dreams that those who sought their son's death is now dead. Take the child back to their hometown of Nazareth. And in one sense, they're returning home again, but they're returning with a radically different orientation to life and their friends and their family because they're bringing the Messiah home. They're bringing the Christ child. They're bringing the Savior of the whole world to Nazareth, middle-of-nowhere town. Home is where Christ is, but home is where Christ leads us as well, and it keeps us from seeking comfort, from seeking warmth, from seeking everything that we want, and then saying, this must be right because this is where Christ is. No, he also leads you. He calls you. He prompts you to places of discomfort, places that aren't familiar, places that are quite difficult. He says, come and follow me. And what this means is not simply affirming all of the right things to believe, but it means following Jesus in his manner of life. He doesn't come in power. He doesn't come in comfort. He doesn't come in a warm place. He comes to obscurity. He says, Matthew says, that he will be called a Nazarene to fulfill the prophets. And we're not really sure where Matthew gets this from. It's not in the Old Testament. But it may be prophets, plural, that he's fulfilling everything that the Old Testament prophets pointed to, that the Messiah will come and be a Messiah of obscurity, a Messiah that suffers injustice. We're not sure where Matthew gets it, but we know why. Nazarene is an epithet. It's a name, it's a nickname given to people from a certain place. It's not only locating them geographically, but it's calling them, in our language, a hick or a hayseed or a bumpkin. That's what being a Nazarene means. Jesus brings salvation by being an outcast, by suffering violence, by being obscure, by suffering injustice. If he's to be Emmanuel, God with us, then he can't just reside in an ivory tower and hand down orders, hand down instructions, hand down methodologies for spiritual life. He comes to where the pain is. He comes to where the homesickness is. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He comes into our stories, into our lives. He becomes one of us. And if we are to bring his healing presence, 
if we are to bring Jesus to bear upon the needs of the world, then we have to go where there are needs. We have to go where the pain is. We have to go where the spiritual questions are being asked. Home is where Christ is. Home is where Christ leads you. And finally, home is where Christ lives. I read an article this week that was uh, talking about some of the research that has been done on homesickness. And they interviewed a number of people who had left home for a job, who had left home to go to college, even kids that had left uh, home to go to a summer camp, and what homesickness related to. And the researchers said basically that despite the way it's coined, homesickness really isn't about home. Instead, it stems from our instinctive need for love, for protection and security. And these are feelings and qualities that we normally associate with our place of home. Josh Clapo, who is a clinical psychologist at the University of Alabama, roll tide, by the way, uh, when these qualities aren't present, he says, in our environment, we begin to long for them, and hence we long for home. But it's not about home as a place. It's what we associate with it. It's where we seek to find our most deepest longings, security, love, protection, And when those things are not found in a new environment, we are homesick. But it's not about home in itself. C.S. Lewis is reflecting on this in a quote that I believe I've shared with you before. He says, If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, That does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. And if that's so, I must take care, on one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a copy or echo. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and to help others do the same. There's a lot in that quote, but in one sense, isn't he saying that there's a a gospel of homesickness, that it implies an appropriate dis-ease to life in this world, an appropriate wanting, longing for something deeper, an appropriate realization that some of our most basic desires, most fundamental wants will never be fully met in this world. He used the metaphor of shadowlands to reference life in this world, and that's why they named the, the movie made a number of years ago. And he says that This world is a shadow land. It's not the world as it should be, nor the world as it will be, but rather the world as it is, a veil of tears in which even its Messiah weeps before his journey is complete. The gospel of homesickness has part of it a hope and part of it a reality. It's a reality that we are not meant to find everything that we want out of life in this world. It means that we are to seek 
everything, to seek who we are, to seek our most basic concerns in the God who created us, who knows our deepest longings, who gives blessing to our most lavish desires, and who redeems our nagging fears. We are not ultimately meant to be homeless, not ultimately to be rejected and renounced, but like the prodigal son on his way home, the father runs to embrace us even while we're still outside the gates. Jesus lives in his father's embrace, and he longs to bring you home where he is. He longs to bring his father's home here. He says in John that in my father's house, there are many rooms, and I have prepared a place for you. Friends, that's finally what Christmas, the places of Christmas, is all about. That's what the message of Epiphany is all about, is to come home. Come home to where Jesus is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for being willing to come, to be with us in our world, to bring your world to us to bring the reality of the gospel, the hope of the gospel, to bear upon all of our nagging concerns, all of our problems, all of our brokenness. Lord, I pray that even though we must wait for the final conclusion, the final reconciliation of all things, that you would bring that redemption to bear upon us now, that you would begin to push back against all those places that we are trusting in things that will ultimately fall away and disappoint us. Father, I pray that you would make more real to us your presence, your truth, which gives us direction and meaning and hope in this world. Would you do that as a church for us? Would you do that as individuals for us? We pray in Jesus' name.